When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Uh, today, it's Mike Curland. Mike, how you doing? I don't know if I agree if they should know me, but I'm glad to meet them if they oh, don't. Stop it. <laughs> I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I, Mike, I, I mean, you've, you've been a part of a lot of things in the day, which is awesome. It's great to see your resume continue to get built. You're on, you have a fantastic new venture right now called GTE Fantasy. And I want you to, to tell everybody, yeah, what, what have you done and where can they find you now? Whew. Like yeah, you said, what, what, what haven't I done? Yeah. <laughs> the, the journey to air quotes, make it has been a long one. And, uh, you realize real quick, you can stretch yourself real thin and quantity does not equal quality. And honestly, doing more isn't always the answer. So uh, that's my long winded way of saying that I just I've been a little bit everywhere. Fan tracks, Rotoballer, um, pitch uh, prospects live for a little bit even. And I fi- not, you haven't mentioned the athletic yet. I, I was getting there. I finally okay. worked my way four years later or three and a half, about four years later. I think I, I, I landed on the athletic, which is obviously one of like the goal places I, I set out to land when I started. Mm-hmm. I've, I've come together with some friends of mine to do GTE, like you mentioned, which is short for short for gaining the edge. So it's a good, decent name. One of the better names that we've come up with over the years and uh, many of many failed ventures, by the way. And uh, it's me, my good friend, Bubba, Simeon and uh, and George. Me and George have been doing base loaded podcasts. Uh, That's the first thing I ever did to get started in the industry. So George and I, he's been like my right hand man all these years. And um, I've met all these guys through this space. So it goes to show you that you can form legitimate relationships through this space. You and I met oh, through this yeah, space. Then then we met in person a couple of times between First Pitch Florida. And it's just one of those things that one thing leads to another. Arizona, we hung out for a little bit. You yelled at me for my potty mouth um, yeah. on multiple occasions. It was, it was unbelievable how it's much. It's bad. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. Was that during or not during you were wearing the J- Justin Mason swimsuit? I don't know. I mean, the Justin Mason swimsuit brings out the best in any man. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. But uh, it's, hey. uh, it's been one you of those know, things where it's just one thing led to another. Now it's, uh, we've, I, I've actually honed in my focus. The athletic and GTE are the only places I do stuff. And GTE is kind of trying to tackle different formats. You and I were talking about YouTube. We can get back into that. But YouTube has been my main focus outside of the writing and like, you know, the charts I do, the, the spring training stuff I'm going to get back into here sooner than later. Um, gaining the edge. My YouTube channel has been kind of my main focus right now in sure. this off season. And it's it's definitely a, a unique thing because as you as we, again, we, you alluded to how just difficult it can be. But yeah, oh, yeah. Um, that's what's going on now. Gaining the edge. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash GTE fantasy. There you go. And uh, I know you wanted me to plug it, but you oh, know, well, you I, was go- like, I was going to plug it, but you know, <laughs> you, you're but, an expert. Now you got this. Yeah. It's, an, an expert and a professional. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm really good at talking, but really good at talking in circles or veering off various mm, directions, yeah. which is what has been my issue with content. My whole, you know, the whole four or five years I've been doing this now is that. It took a lot for me to be like, oh, rein it in. Less is more. 
get focused, find your niche, which I did. Right. And it's, it's what's found, it's what's found and led me to success over the last, mm-hmm. I'd say year and a half has been like my most successful year and a half, sure. all things considered, considering it, but it took me three years of probably the hardest hustle I've ever done anything in terms of like a side thing in my whole life. Right. And, I was, and, and how hard can fantasy be? Right. Well, you've done well, it. You, not, you realize it's not fantasy though. It's, it's business. not, it's, it it's, is. Oh gosh, it is such a difficult thing. But um, no one real people don't see that. I feel like people don't see that unless you're in the industry and then you realize, wow, there is more to this than than just putting your opinions out there on a piece of paper, like on an article or ranks. Ranks right. take hours. Ranks. You're arguing with yourself for like 30 minutes on this player versus this player. Same tier, same glob, whatever yeah. you want to call it, blob, whatever everyone calls them. But you're, those types of things take more time than you realize. We don't just throw names on a piece of paper. And no. when we do, we're not even comfortable with the outcome because we're like, well, I can kind of see this outcome, but this outcome. And, and that's just ranks. That's, that's just ranks. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the end of the day, it's uh, one of our mission statements here at PitcherList uh, is we're not in the business of being right. We're in the business of good discussion, uh, which is over the years, it's been one of the hardest things about what I do. Is I mean, my whole thing is built on, hey, I have a top 100 list and uh, it's often wrong. Get get out of here. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wrong all the time. Of course it is. I can't possibly be right all the time. Are you joking? I'm happy if I'm right like 60% of the time. Um, that would be a fantastic season. I think and that should be the goal. That's been my wrong. goal, honestly. If I could just be right a little more than I'm wrong. Right, exactly. To showcase that you have some skill at this. <laughs> Um, but then there's also the idea of being, you know, there's a consensus and being more right than the consensus in some way. But I mean, even that is just, it's so silly. These are humans we're talking about. These are, these are in, you know, they can get injured or change and all of this. It's, it's weird to have such emotion tied to something that you're not actually influencing. Um, but I think I, you brought up a good point with the human yeah. side of things real quick. Uh, I feel like I've been and over the last two years, I've been more mindful of it. And then this year I've added a little more of because you and you speak from a player standpoint, too, and you speak to a lot of players. So that gives you like a little bit of inside, you know, thought process. We often and as analysts and I think the industry as a whole has really moved towards analytics. And I think analytics are a great tool. I think we've also overly depended on them. I think we've gotten better, but I think there was a couple of years where we just got so dependent on the numbers, forgetting that you met, like, like you mentioned, these people are humans. They have family issues. They have personal issues. They have hot streaks, cold streaks. They get mentally in and out of the game. They have injuries that might throw off their stuff. They have swing issues, mechanical issues, things that the numbers might show in a way, but won't show or, Hey, this player changed and these outcomes are good, but I can't quite see why. Oh, there's a little bit of rise on that fastball all of a sudden over the last month or something like little things like that. And then you find out, Oh, he changed his grip. And it's like, it's just, the thing is those, we need to be more open-minded to realizing that there's human error, but also, especially with young players, try building in and baking in some positive regression for like, don't just take these underlying numbers as this is who they are. And I, I speak from personal experience being guilty of this last year. I had an issue with projecting growth with players and it goes back to them being human people and just yeah, even, right. even veterans like look at Matt Carpenter. If you read, there was an article about him calling Joey Votto saying, Hey Votto, how did you age? Well, basically, how did you adjust your game as you got older? And Carpenter made a point to do some of the practices Votto did as he's aged and Carpenter took those changes and look what we saw. If you listen to that article and bought in even a little bit in these, and we're talking about the deepest of leagues before, you know, sure. where you pro- if you drafted them at all during the preseason and 
but that's the type of thing. It's where it's like way the game's changing. These players are doing things that we've never done thought of before either. So there's a human aspect that we really need to try to find, try to be more cognizant of from a, from an industry standpoint, I feel like, and the analytics take away from that. But I, I really do feel strongly, obviously, because I keep, and I, I want to just state that we can't got to stop overlooking these players being just regular people. Right. Um, I don't want to get too much in the weeds about uh, <laughs> actual easy. fantasy baseball anal- analysis on I this. Know. But what I will mention is something I do try and harp on a lot. Because, I mean, look, we both in this industry hear a lot of voices um, that can be obtrusive or just, just not what we want to hear as we try to progress. A lot of negative talk, right? Saying, how could you think this? This is ridiculous. This is stupid. And a lot of these extreme emotions that are just, you got to push those away. Um, but a lot of the reason why we get those is, um, I mean, of course, they're the people that complain after the fact. And that's just ridiculous because you aren't complaining before the fact. So who are you? Um, but if you say something beforehand, before you think it's going to happen and say, well, no, the numbers say this. I, what I like to go back to is there's a reason why everyone is a major leaguer. And the reason I say that is a pitcher is on the hill. He might have a 5-5 ERA for a year, but he didn't have a 20 ERA. He didn't allow a home run every single inning. Like, he gets guys out for at a decent rate, actually. Um, and that means there are going to be days that Patrick Corbin is really good, right? <laughs> Regardless of what we want to say about him, there were starts this year where he was actually good. In fact, I think actually he was about 50-50 in his starts of actually being good or not, which is so shocking because it's Patrick Corbin. Like, this is one of the... But there's a reason why he's a major leaguer, right? And anytime a guy's going through a bad patch or a good patch, the question is, he's doing well now. Will he continue to do this? Is this, you know, sustainable or not? And it's not just based on the luck of it. He's playing well. There's no... Like, how it was with Barrios even last year. He's doing really poorly. Does that mean that he's always going to do poorly now? No, it isn't. Uh, I mean, Barrios had moments even last year, too. So it's the hardest thing that we do. It is the hardest thing, especially like in the beginning of the year. It's discerning just because he's doing X now and deservedly so. All the you, know, you want to get all the tweets about the stack cast sliders. It should be the pitcherless bars, by the way. But that's just me. Uh, it doesn't matter because we get that he's doing well and he deserves to do well. But will he deserve to do well later? I don't know. Um so that's the whole thing. But this podcast, uh, yeah. there are two accomplishments I want to, I want or goals I want to accomplish on this with you. One, I want to learn more about Mike Curl and the human, and I got you more into this and stuff. But I do want to hear a lot of your anecdotes and personal experience of jumping into this field in 2017, 2018, uh, maybe it was 2019. You'll you'll establish that for us, um, and the journey you've had. What you would suggest from someone picking up? What has worked for you? What hasn't? Um, and just having an open conversation about that as someone who I'm sure has gone through a lot of the things that you're struggling with, too. I'm still figuring this whole thing out myself. Uh, it changes often. It's fun. <laughs> and we'll go through that. So, but let's start at the beginning here. Who is Mike Curland? Where did you grow up? What were your dreams and aspirations when you were a kid? Man, um, that's a deep question. No, uh, it's we're starting there, eh? Uh, so who, oh, yeah. who am I? So, uh, born and raised in Florida, 
Uh, always, I still live in Florida, so that's about as far as much information I'll give in terms of where I live in Florida. But I live in Florida. No, it's uh, just honestly, I don't even know how I ended up here in life, and I feel like that's how I attack life in general. I just kind of exist. I've always been an outgoing person, very talkative, very. I, I always have a close group of friends, which goes to show you I'm working with my closest group of friends on GTE. And it's because I, I keep a tight knit circle, but I'm very friendly and open and very big into meeting new people. So I feel like kind of that kind of just that attitude and that way of being just led me through life. I played sports growing up, played baseball, but I was very social and more into chasing girls than chasing the ball at, at, in high school. So I quit baseball and ended up with uh, a kid at 18. So that shows you I did. <laughs> I, 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 I caught one, right? Um, my first kid, I've, I have three kids, all very, I was young. I was, I'm 32 now, but I was uh, 18 just before my 19th birthday, 21. So when you're supposed to be, you know, having your first cigarette, having your first drink, I decided to have kids. No big Good. deal. No cigarettes. And, no, no here. cigarettes. I tried them for like a week. It wasn't for me. I actually, so never I, had one. I never will. It's not worth it. Like I, I did it. I so I did it almost as really a social, it was, it was a social thing. I tried them yeah, as a social right. thing. I was drinking and um, I, I was doing it for about a week. And then when I actually got my, when I got my, cra- my first craving to go outside and take a smoke break at work, at, I was like 21. I was like, yeah, no, never again. That's when I stopped. Cause I was like, right. yeah, I see, I see, I see how this is going. My parents yeah. are smokers. I should know better. This is the, inf- this go. is what you wanted by the way. This is the type of conversation you wanted. This is, this is, that's um, good. No, I'm, I'm very, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book, Nick. You'll this, get uh, this morning. Actually, I met uh, one of my best friends. Um, she just had her first child. Uh, he's seven days old or so. Yeah. Oh, and now I hear you're like 18, you're 18 as, as a parent and everything. And I just go, man, Dude. that's awesome. So you're, I don't know. You're uh, you have you're not an old dad, is what I'm trying to get. No, at. it's bittersweet. Uh, so um, that part we'll get to real quick. But yeah, I had kids young, and um, I'm for for those who don't know, I'm a full time firefighter paramedic. That's my trade. That's what I get paid to do. This everything I do on the side. You would think I do enough work sometimes where people actually thought think I do this full time, and I'm like, sure. no, I just have really bad habits of, uh, <laughs> of, pri- of prioritizing this stuff sometimes when I shouldn't I'll be honest. And that's been something I've, we can get it. We'll get into that later. You mentioned, you want to talk about some stuff I've learned. You have to really um, realize the truth about a lot of this industry and oh yeah, have, and set realistic standards and goals for yourself. But uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's neither here nor there. Again, we'll speak about that later, as you mentioned, which by the way, this, I have no script. I'm speaking straight off the top of the head for those listening. There's this, no script. You think there's well, a script you, for you, this you, show? You gave me a layout of things you plan on covering. And I'm like, I'm glad one of us knows. I just love talking. So I'll a talk layout. about anything. I, I mean, that layout was like, yeah, there's are two areas where I see we can have conversation. Oh, there, you know, the- <laughs> Nick, I promise you, <laughs> if you, if you, I don't even, do research on anyone that comes on for the if purpose you, of this because yeah. I don't want anything to be disingenuous. No, and one thing you'll learn about me throughout the rest of this conversation is that I you I'm an open book. You'll get anything you ask, I'll answer. I, I'm not I'm not really I'm not really shy about talking about anything, even the toughest of subjects. And I feel like that's part of that's that's actually part of the job. So what I was mentioning is what I do for a living. It's it's changed me in the, in the way that I. I'm, I'm overly comfortable in the most awkward situations. And I've realized that makes other people very uncomfortable. What was your favorite <laughs> TV show when you were a kid? <laughs> that's a curveball. Uh, Rugrats came to mind instantly. Rugrats, when I was a kid. Okay. That, that's a, yeah, that's pretty good. Back 90s, in the 90s kid. Every, yeah. every 430 on the dot, I had to be watching Batman, the animated series. I remember I have a sick memory of, I think uh, like my mother's friend was a psychologist. So I was doing like some tests for, for them. And then, but I had to get home in time for Batman the Animated Series. I just made it at 4.30. 
right as yeah, Batman's see, on the top of the building and the lightning strikes. I was a Nickelodeon kid, so Hey Arnold was another big one. Like, as sure. I got a little older, yeah. Hey Arnold was yeah. a big one. Absolutely. Football head. Uh, um, but all right, so so how old are you now, Mike? So I'm 32 now, and you okay. may, I mentioned three kids, really young. Uh, being a young dad's great. Uh, it's 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 bittersweet. The hardest part when you're young. If I didn't have if I didn't have my parents helping me out, I wouldn't have made it this far. Oh, sure. uh, I I, had, I was very fortunate to not only have kids young, but have a very solid support system that could help me mm-hmm. out as much as they did. Um, not rich by any means, but not Wonderful. poor. But no, so but that's, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what helped me get through having kids young. Cause you know, I mean, I love my kids, but it was, you know, it's, we call it, it was an accident, not a mistake. It was an accident. Um, the second one was also an accident because apparently I didn't learn my lesson, but, um, but yeah, it's, but the, 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 the part that's awesome is that I'm young enough to appreciate my kids being able to do things with them. I was actually right before this, I was outside playing basketball with the neighbors and all of our kids were all playing basketball. And That's I realized great. I can't jump like I used to. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I try. I tried dunking a ball on nine foot rim. Like I can never do ten feet, but nine feet I used to be able to. I could yeah. touch the rim, but I can't get the ball over. So sure. um, I'm realizing as I'm getting older now, it's a little more difficult to uh, do the things I did as a kid, especially without the training. But yeah, so 32 years old, man. It's uh, I'm not old, but I definitely I still feel young. I just realize that there are limitations now because like things like today is a reminder that oh, you're not 20, 21 anymore. You know? Right. It's oh. Yeah, I'm gonna be 35 this year, Mike. And I'm not, I'm not happy about that. I'm sorry, you know, I'm feeling it in my body a little, just a little bit of achiness, a little bit more. You're aging like fine wine, man. Fine okay. wine. All right. <laughs> I apparently I've got some silver a little up here on my temple. A bit. I got, I got, I have it mostly um, in my beard. It's weird. I, I can't yeah. grow a beard because of my job, but uh, I have a little bit, like like a couple like strands well, up here. But my beard is thick with it when it grows out. It's kind of. I actually, I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Well, not the, bad, the, way bad. I, the way I see life is, um, you do the things that you can and that you enjoy, and everything, every every journey that you have, um, is different. Everyone has a different one. For example, for me, I uh, there's no way, no chance, pitchless exists. I, you know, I'm 34 and I, I don't have any kids. Right. And the way that it does, I was, I'm able to spend that time. That said, I, uh, it's not that I am happy with that decision or something along those lines. It's more of, okay, this is what was given to me and I'm trying to, I'm doing what I can with what I, what I have with that. Right. Um, and on your side, I mean, you have, you have three children, man. That's amazing. Uh, it, it, it know, is. It's, 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 it's something truly special about that. Unfortunately, I unfor- I do unfortunately take it for granted sometimes. I overprioritize certain things over them at times, which I'm not proud of, but it's the truth. Um, and it's almost because like you don't realize. And honestly, they say like life, like when you get older, and I'm sure you've realized this, but day- days turn into weeks, weeks, months, months. Oh, gosh, yes. It's flying by. And my, yeah. my kids are 14, 11, and five now. Oh, I'm 32. Lord. I have a 14 yeah. year old. Right. But, but it's weird. It's one of those things where the first five, six years of that, that old, my oldest one's life, it was such a struggle time, struggle period that I really had a hard time enjoying a lot of moments. But I do think, I think parenting as a whole is there's, it's littered with what I call 5% moments. 95% of it is so hard and difficult, but those 5% moments make up for it. My kid, my kid made his first like legitimate basket today. My six year, my five year old, he's almost six. We don't have a basketball hoop, but he made his first like basketball. Like it was like eight foot tall basket. He made his first Mm -hmm. one today. And he's like, you're so proud of me, dad. And I'm like, that's the 5% moment. But when I get off this podcast and I'm yelling at him later for doing something, that's the 95% about that. So it's like, but you live for those moments, those 5% moments, man. Yeah. I, it's, it's a very special thing. Um, it can and, be, <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it is. Uh, I'm very much, um, 
I don't know. There's a lot of philosophy I can go into about this stuff, but it's it's ridiculous. It's weird, whatever this life is and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that is as a as a crazy part about it. Um, yeah, that, that that that's all go into that. I mean, I will say, like we've talked about with looking at this industry and how hard it is, and all of that. That is a very important part I talk about with PictureList is. I'm able to devote so much time to this. Uh, and that is not a luxury that many get to have. And I do not take that for granted in the slightest. And um, my job allows me to put more than your average father of three into this as well, because um, my schedule is 24 on 48 off my 48 right. off when my kids are in school, which this is where baseball kind of like it starts when they're in school, but halfway through the year they're on summer break. That's when I struggle because now they're home all the time, but right. like Monday through Friday when they're at school and there's no winter break or nothing, I'm home for like eight hours a day in the morning where that's where I'm crushing the content. And that's why sure. there's this balance where, but the issue is, is um, over the years it used to be, even when they got home, I didn't stop. And I right. would just, cause in, in my head, I had this vision of what it is to make it and what like, Oh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You, it is nearly impossible. It's like the top 1% of the top 1% do this full time. So, um, so to transition into that, I, I do really want to go into it, but I, uh, before we do, we have mm-hmm. to take a quick break. Most weight loss programs are short term fixes, but the problem is managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight today and in the future. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. But yeah, I really mean that. I think I think it's a very special thing. I I think I've said the story before, but before we get back into it, but when I was at MSG, Bill Pito, I sat next to him. You know him, the ESPN anchor guy, who is now does like MSG with his thing. I was like, oh my god, it's Bill Pito. 
and I'm at like the loose side table. I should never have this gig, by the way. Just to let you know. Um, you under you underestimate. I'm serious though. You, you need to stop. And, but so I, my whole goal. Anytime I'd be able to do this was to try and become friends with Bill Pito. That's all I cared about. <laughs> so I'm trying to talk to him beforehand. At one point we have a conversation. Do you have a girlfriend? All that kind of stuff. And I say, so how would you meet your wife? Whatever. And he said, well, it was my age and stuff. And he looks at me and goes, I don't like being an old dad. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. You know, and that, you know, I, I hear that. I get that a lot. Um but uh, so there's many ways of being envious about it. Like you're, you're yeah, able but, to, to be that with um with their, I understand also like in your 20s that you feel like and I can totally grasp. I don't want to put this on an air, but I uh, but yeah, I can totally understand just feeling like, man, I didn't get to do all this stuff that everyone gets to do. Oh, in their 20s. And we could we, you know, we can we can air all that. I don't really uh, mind. putting it. No, my thing uh, is I don't mind putting it out there. My thing was is in my 20s. I never felt that se- that, that sense of envy. I, I was never a partier. I was never somebody that wanted to go out to clubs. Sure. I was never. So because I was such a homebody, I never really felt that I missed out on my 20s. I felt like I'm actually enjoying the fact that I'm going to be a grand. I'll be my kids are going to be grown. I'm going to be what my youngest is five turning six. So even by the time he's what in 10 years from now, I'll be 42. Mm -hmm. He'll be 15, 16. I'll be able to still live. I'll be able to live my life now as an adult. And my thing is, is I enjoy the idea of traveling now. When I was 20 in my 20s, I couldn't afford to travel where I wanted to. Oh, I sure. still re- I still really can't. But at least as an adult, I can plan better. I can make sure I, the finances are placed. So I, don't, I think I think I I'm going to be able travel, to enjoy that. Really? It's not that's not really, yeah. I think, what I'm going for. It's well, in general, um, just enjoying look, life, enjoying I my, look at myself as someone who wasn't me until I turned about 26, 27. I see. OK. Um, and there is, uh, you know, I have I have friends that have gone through you know many different experiences and the worry that. I hear um, and, and witness sometimes is that people do feel that and I'm super like, it's wonderful to see like, no man, I'm, this is, this is great. And I'm happy about this. That's awesome. Um, Cause I've seen it from people where they're, you know, the conversations I've had people to me saying like, yeah, I feel like the twenties, I didn't get to, you know, just like kind of explore as much as I, uh, I, see, I, yeah. I wanted to. Doesn't seem like that's the case with you, which it means like, hell yeah, I'm glad you had a kid at 18. <laughs> my, my thing is, is um, I look at my 20s, I look back and I think that I grew so much, but I, I actually became a man versus trying to find myself. Mm. I, 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 and, but that's I also, yeah. I also, I also vaulted my, I, because I had kids young and I wanted to be responsible. And part yeah. of it was my father, my, I had a great stepfather growing up. He raised me, but I never knew my real father. And that sure. was kind of fueled my fire of like, I don't want to be a deadbeat father to my kids. So yeah, that's um, I also wanted to set a good example. So my thing was, is um, I grew up fast and there were times and I could, I could think back and remember there were times I was like, this sucks. Like I'm not really being a kid anymore, but then I'm like, wait, I'm not a kid anymore. And it kind of, when it clicked and now, now that I, honestly, as I've hit my late twenties and my early thirties, and finding fantasy baseball as like an outlet in terms of like, just kind of like getting, this is like me being a kid still. I get to talk right. sports and I get to compete yeah. against other friends of mine at, at, in sports, in theory, in a right. sport, you know? And um, this is still me being, this is my kid side of me coming out. But at the end of the day, um, my 20s weren't that typical, like your 20 year old stage. It was, there was so much personal growth there. Mm-hmm. I look at now, all, I'm in my 30s and honestly, it's like, I, I, my li- I love where my life's at now. But awesome. it took it took really struggling those last ten years, um, and by struggling I mean you know most emotionally, physically, mentally. I mean yeah. the personal growth there because um I went through I can see this thing I've never been a depressed person so I, I've never been you no know, diagnosed depressed or anything so there's never been an issue there, 
everyone's sad, everyone's depressed at times. I think that's normal. I think it's normal to feel that way on occasion, even I if you're not too. someone Absolutely. clinically depressed. Because there's days where you wake up, you're like, I don't want to do any. You, you have a list this long and want to do nothing. You lay in yeah. bed all day. But then you beat yourself up and feel guilty because you didn't get nothing done, but yeah. you were supposed. But anyway, um, besides stuff like that, man, it's just um, it's wild that uh, that I forgot where I was going with this thought process. Because, <laughs> but the just twenties were just all about personal growth. And um, then this last year hit, and um, I was you know 32, and I realized my life isn't where I wanted to be mm-hmm. mentally or physically anymore. And I was, I it was 322 pounds, Nick. You saw me. I was really big when you saw me too. And, um, you know, people like, you know, and you can, I wasn't really, like I, said, I wasn't ever, I can't ever say I was depressed, but I was definitely not mentally hundred percent. I wasn't mentally fit. And my way of hiding that always has been, you know, self-deprecating humor. And it always will be. I don't care if I'm, I don't care if I'm the most jacked guy in the fantasy space. If I'm the next D Mendy, you know, <laughs> the next, yeah, I just, I say Mendy cause Mendy's in great shape, but, um, I don't care if I'm the next, you know, the ne- I don't care how good shape I am. I'm in I don't he doing, ca- like deadlifts of 300 yeah. day or something like that. Is yeah. That he's a, on Twitter. He was doing something and, um, but he's in great <laughs> shape and he, he's in great shape. A great guy. He's also a great guy. I really like Mendy. Hmm. But um, my point was, is obviously I'm joking uh, in terms of like, I don't care what I'm like, how good I look or perceive myself as looking or how good I feel. I'm always going to take a joke at myself just because it's my humor. I enjoy jokes at my own expense. You hate them. I love them. Um, but, uh, cause I remember, <laughs> so I, you think, at- I think Curlin deserves better. That's why I, I know, but I've also I also enjoy the being laughed at. I'm being laughed with and laughed at at the same no. time. I mean, I wore a man's one. I wore a woman's onesie. Uh, Nick, there, sorry, there, there's called. something of like you choosing. Yeah, you're. It's it's everybody enjoying it with the security of it. There's one, but then there's the the little comments that you don't need to make because you're dope. Yeah, that, I, that is no. You don't need to to insert that extra element into your dialogue. I, I agree. I can actually agree with that. I just, it's one of, I think it's almost a defense mechanism because you don't want to face well, right. the truth of yeah. certain situations or aspects it's, of your life. I mean, I, I do this often. Um, it's, I, mean, ins- I have anxiety. So, mm-hmm. I, so that's something I do to kind of nullify the anxiety, the open one. Right. I, uh, and yeah, it's something I tried as much as I can personally to, to push away. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's almost a self, like a, like a, okay, this is, I'm going to do this because there's some truth to it. And it kind of hurts, but I don't want to admit it hurts. So if I joke right. about it, people yeah, can't. Exactly. It's almost like a sense of power. I feel like if you joke about something and you're the first one to joke about it. Well, nobody it's the t- Tyrion Lannister nope. thing. Wear it like nope. armor. Yeah, exactly. Um, nobody could take that from you. Nobody can take that control or power over you right, because exactly. you've owned it already. Yep. That, that's how I always, uh, yeah, no, don't negotiate with terrorists, right? <laughs> uh, is that, you know, they try and hold something over you. Then you just don't let, don't give them the thing because all that matters is your own decisions and your own pride and all of that. And if you just throw that away for a second, you'll realize that you can still have it. Um, all that. Sorry. Yeah. So all that led to me changing my whole life the last six, seven months in terms of like physically, just physically, mentally getting to a better place. I've, I've, I'm down 65 pounds. I Wonderful. work out. Congrats, I work out man. three to four days a week right now. I'm eating better. My kids notice it. My kids are working out with me. I, you know, so it's, it's a ripple effect because you are, you know, you're, you're a role model for your family. You really are sure, for your yeah, family, your absolutely. friends, the people you surround yourself with also see you. So in theory, and you know, you'd like to think that if you could be a positive, if you could make positive changes to yourself, maybe it, may, it might influence them to make similar positive you know, changes. There's something I call the stumble rule, which I might've even mentioned last time, but it was, uh, the stumble rule is I, I live on a corner, essentially of a block. And if I trip and fall a little bit, or you know, I stumble right before the corner, the second I turn to the avenue, no one knows I stumbled. And the way I use that 
is every single movement moving forward, I have an opportunity to show something that I want to show. That I can be acting in a certain way that I want to. I'm going to meet new people, interact with new people. And every single moment, I have a new chance to be the person I want to be. Uh, so it's not necessarily, you know, it's so easy to, to beat yourself about something that you didn't do, as you said before. It goes the whole day and I, oh, I get so upset that I haven't done this thing. I'm like, right, yeah, that's the thing I struggle with all the time. And I find that I need to either accept, am I doing this or not? And, and it, just say, if no, then just enjoy it and give yourself the time to not beat yourself up. And then you say, cool, I'm going to do it for two minutes. And you find that those two minutes turn into one hour. Those are the different ways of combating that that I found. But you get to reestablish yourself. And that's what personal inventory is, right? Um, It's so important. I cannot emphasize it enough. Some say that inventory is maturity. Um, When they say that people are acting mature or not, the definition of that is looking inward and actually becoming what you want. Uh, Oh, I could not express that enough so the stumble rule it's an important thing you certainly did it uh, and uh, i'm proud of you for it oh thanks i'm i i it's i have a hard time accepting like positive affirmations and just i have a hard time always have a hard time just being like you know what i did a good job like like I, I, but this is the first time like i like, t- like i said i'm trying to i'm trying to be better about that and just be like look i i've earned these things i i deserve to be proud of myself and like the athletic it took me over i, I wrote there this i'm going on my second year now and this yeah. is the fir- and honestly i i did i was excited you by have that d- legit check i oh dude I, so I, it's funny because um, when I get my direct deposit, it says New York Times on it. So I'm oh, a New York Times. Right, I'm a New right. York Times writer. There it is. <laughs> so I, I tell I, that's a joke. I'm sorry. Like, that's hilarious to me to be able to say that, you know, as a, a jokingly, because I, I, let's be honest, it's 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 fancy baseball. Like, I'm writing. I, but technically, it says New York Times on the uh, the yeah. direct deposit. So it's really funny to see that. But yeah, it's um, I'm proud of that. But it was one of those things where I've always I never really said out loud that I deserve it. But I'm honestly coming to terms that it's like, no, I worked my tail off. I've given this my all and I've put this ahead of my family at times, which I'm not proud of that, by the way. And I wouldn't recommend anyone doing that, but um, I did that. And unfortunately it took all that. And none of that is what actually it didn't. That's not what paid off. It was all the fail. It was all the failures that finally led me to a niche in 2020 that paid off. So let's, I, I, I want to jump into that from there. Oh, I was trying to do before the break. Then we got this <laughs> fun conversation. I, so yeah, tell me your first venture into fantasy baseball. So it was the Bases Loaded podcast was okay. my what original. Yeah, I mentioned that. That was my first ever. Th- I didn't. I ha- I was never going to write, Nick. I told myself I don't want to write. I have no interest in writing. I'm just going to podcast because I love talking. Sure. And um, I did a solo podcast and realized I could do this by myself or I could randomly ask Twitter because I had like 100 followers at the time, maybe, maybe. And um, I, I, I asked someone, someone helped me retweet it and. George reached out to me, George and Zach. Uh, Zach has stopped podcasting with us. We're still talking. We still talk behind the scenes. He's just, he's lost interest over the years and that's fine. You know, this was a fun hobby. We built something awesome over the first couple of years, all three of us. This is Zach. Zach Braff. Same, 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 uh, same name as the uh, Scrubs actor. Yes. Zach Braff. Uh, Two really good friends of mine. And uh, we still, like I said, we still talk behind the scenes. We still talk baseball, but Zach just doesn't have the interest he once had, which is fine. Again, um, it's all good. It's no big deal. And, uh, Oh, right. I mean, that's, I mean, I've been in this. Oh my Lord. I don't know. I started in 2014. 
I mean, I started working in this in 2013. So Jeez. I guess 10 years now. Can I actually say 10 years? Oh, boy. Oh, a boy. decade. You've been you want to talk about getting old, Mike. A decade, Nick. I was like the young blood once. <laughs> And that, that's a that's uh, a weird isn't that a weird transition because I feel like oh, I I've man. entered that I've entered now I'm going on five years now I've entered that veteran stage so to speak oh boy you know oh, what I'm talking boy. about like I'm I'm a veteran now um, but I uh, yeah the, but yeah uh, so the base loaded podcast that was the first ever venture that was and I literally I came in with the intent I want to rival CVS and all, like CBS CVS wrong, <laughs> wrong completely wrong I'm Big like I'm gonna is a tough one man yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, they they'll, they'll take you out if you rival them. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's hard. Well, it's hard to rival CBS for many reasons, of course. But but, uh, but when you're new, you don't never, realize this, right? Um, when you're new, you have these huge things with, like these these ideas that, like of grandeur of like I sure. can do this. Why can't I? Why can't I? Who no one else is? When you realize, right. oh wow, there's a lot of people doing this as a fun so, little so you, side you hobby. You were doing the the bases loaded podcast. Um, what was your next one after that? Uh, the podcast is still the only ever. I, I helped Ray. I did do like a small thing with Ray over at Prospects 365. Ray uh, Butler, that is. Ray right? Butler. Yeah. Ray Butler. Uh, I helped him with that because I had such a passion and to, but I also had this like, like again, everything was like grow, grow, grow. How do I grow as fast as possible? So I bit off way more than I can chew. And um, I helped host his podcast for a little bit, but I realized it wasn't my wheelhouse and the schedules, it was hard. So that didn't last as long as I would have liked mm-hmm. as much. And Ray's a great guy, but it seems like, he, you know, he's he's kind of taken the backseat because, you know, he has a family now. And I really, you know, I think he realized how much that takes, how much time that takes, yeah. you know. Um, but totally. I mean, I, I can't do the SP round of forever, guys. Yeah. I don't know what is going to happen, but I can't, I can't do it forever. Um, I'll find some protege or someone, please see, be yeah. the person to do it. And then, of course, my, analysis is going to go south but that's just how this works i, I feel guess. like you pick know. and choose like you'll find honestly nick you'll land on your feet if anybody will you'll find a happy medium where you'll still be involved but not quite as heavily and your yeah, analysis will still be fine but and because you'll though. you're still gonna you're not you can't just give this up in terms of like the habits oh, you've yeah, built I'll, with walking baseball and enjoying yeah. the sport for what it is and interacting with the community as you have i don't ever see you giving that up but yeah a back seat one day i could see that but it's one of those things that like you think you're i just don't, I don't want you to doubt your analysis the involvement sure but the analysis it's always it's been bad it's always going to be bad no I'm kidding. also i'll probably <laughs> just have random videos and be like oh my god james caprillian you're much better than everyone thinks you are you know i but james caprillian hasn't pitched in three years <laughs> what uh, oh wait what really no, yeah. hat, we call him um but, but uh, uh, all right, so 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 you did the stuff at Prospects three sixty five, three sixty five, yes. And then I was right, and then I was like, you know what? Again, growth was all I cared about. I didn't care about enjoyment. I put growth, I put growing in this industry over enjoyment. So I started writing, and I wrote my first ever site I wrote for was called the FSGN. It's not even around anymore. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was almost like Fantasy one of Sports uh, DGens with uh, Casey Bub. No, 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 no. No, it was FSGN, Fantasy Sports Gaming Network. Oh, that it was, one. Right. It was legitimately, it was legitimately yeah. a small like pretty much like what i've done in the past where i threw together a site and it was like a wordpress site and like i wrote for him for free just to write something just to get experience yeah right and um this is before i knew i didn't even know who bubba was i didn't know justin mason i didn't know anybody where i could have written for these guys too already these guys had you know platforms that they would have gladly had me on Mm -hmm. but i didn't know these guys at all so i just found somebody started writing and i took that and landed fan tracks when they applied i applied i applied to nick pollock too you did the same time I applied to fan tracks and fan and uh, uh, did I tell you I uh, did I did I tell you about that application? Did we talk about that? I don't think we ever talked about that, and I, I've always joked with you about it because I honestly never took it. I never had it. it was never hard. I never was. <laughs> well, I never I took mean, it like a. 
the at that time i can i i mean i'm okay telling you i think why we passed at that time um it's the it's the hardest part i think about um about the industry and stuff and it's the i think i essentially there's a certain flow of writing that at that moment i didn't think you had locked down yet oh i was a terrible writer uh, I'm a, <laughs> i've gotten way better but still oh well, right that's what i'm saying that's why i'm saying like this was like back in what 2018 or something 18 or 19 yeah it was way yeah. long time ago um yeah. and it's i think it's actually the most common uh skill that isn't understood in the industry that's a fantasy writer and there's a lot of people that focus just on the fantasy and not the writing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm the world's greatest writer or anything like that. Uh, I am. I've written so many bad things <laughs> in my day. I look back at me, my initial picture gift stuff, and there's oh boy, I use double spaces after a period. Okay, just first and foremost, donezo, right? Um, but I was fortunate that I didn't kick myself out and got my own experience doing it, right? Especially. Yeah not making money. I still don't take money at picture list. Um, and it's one of the things I think, especially in this industry, I, it's really hard to jump in because you have to create a skill. You have to have the skill first and every other profession of some kind, there is more development of said skill, um, before you apply to jobs and stuff like that. And this is one where, you know, you can't just like start writing on it. You have to actually develop that skill of doing it. Um, and if there's no like schooling for it specifically, sure, there's journalism. But honestly, journalism is totally different to me than fantasy baseball writing. It's complete. It's a it's a different thing. You shouldn't be doing APA formatting. I think when writing, it's yeah. about writing with a flow that has character to it, but isn't and isn't stagnant. But you're getting to the point. You're being analytical. It's a whole different animal. Um, I don't, we actually have our own style guide at picture list that is goes against APA. Cause I'm like, well, that reads stupid online. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I don't want that to be the thing, right? I capitalize top 50 as two different things. I don't hyphenate it, you know, um, as you're supposed to stuff like that. So it's, I, and it's one that, I mean, over time, I'm super happy that you, you focused on. Um, I try as much as I can now to really express that. Because I'm sure that if, you know, and I, I kind of regret I didn't reach out to you and kind of say, like, this is, uh, you know, this is why. That's a um, tough conversation to have. I think, that's, I think it's, it's very, very tough. It's a very difficult one. I'm trying to be. Um, You're not trying to come off. Like, you don't want to be discouraging, but at the same time, it can come off that way. And honestly, and like I, when I did that back when uh, Alex put together the uh, internship deal, the whole oh, yeah, like the mentorship program, yeah, that, the mentorship, yeah, not internship, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was, a, I was not the best mentor. Uh, I had tourist takes of all, of all people. Uh, try, had, well, oh, oh, you were the, yeah, yeah, right, right. You had Torres. Oh, that's great. I had Torres yeah. and a great dude, but um, I was a terrible mentor because I had bit off so much more than I could chew. Again, he was one of the guys that would DM me. I would say, Oh, I'm going to get to it. And I would forget. And then he oh, had to yeah. remind I, me. I've I've done this, and I but I, but I, I felt terrible right. because I was because he actually and look he's stuck around to this day and he's doing things in the industry now. But um, I do remember the one good piece of advice I gave him, and I hope that like, if he if he listens to this, I really hope he he remembers this because I was again I wasn't a great mentor, unfortunately. I, I could have been better. But my one thing was is don't go into it because uh, he because he I remember what he gave me, and I was like, look, man, these are great points, but you're ignoring X, Y, and Z, and it was don't ever go into a player breakdown trying to create your own outcome. Let what you find tell you dictate how you should feel about this player. 
And that was one of the things that I feel like that was like the one, I remember that one, the reason why I remember this, cause I feel like that was the one thing that we connected on was like, after all this time of me finally, like, you know, being, being absent minded or being busy, I, we finally sat down that was like the one piece of advice. And I think he took it and ran with it. And that was like the one thing I was like, I feel like I helped Torres. Like, and, yeah, of course, and then great. since then, you know, I've shouted him out. I've helped try to help his reach because he does good work. And he's, he's and he talked about personality, putting his personality into his work, those videos he puts on Twitter and all the stuff he just does. It's just so much fun. Torres is such a good dude. And um, it was just one of those things though. Yeah. I was, I just, I yeah. felt bad. Jeff like, Sullivan oh. is one of my favorite writers. Um, And I often say like, Hey guys, emulate your favorite writer. Like yeah, you have to, you know, Picasso had to learn how to paint amazingly before he, did what he wanted to do. That Take is what a you terrible like. Terrible way of phrasing it. But anyway, Jeff Sullivan, yeah. I, I remember meeting him at the Sabre conference or whatever in on Staten Island or something, some event, 2016. And somebody asked him like, oh, James Shields just got traded. It was, the I think, the James Shields Tatis deal. And he was going to write about Shields going to Chicago. And they said, what are you going to write about? He goes, I have no idea, but I'm going to write about something, whatever I find. <laughs> And that skill of saying, okay, I'm going to write about X player and knowing that you're going to find something and write about it that's worthy of an article is so important uh, where you just kind of do your process. You trust your process. You trust your words to be good enough. You know, I used to, I took from that when I was at Fangraphs, I, I just said, all right, I, I went off to my Slack channel or now Discord and said, guys, who do you want me to write about? Like literally, who is on your mind that you feel like there needs to be some analysis on? They go, oh, Jordan Montgomery, or you know, I was like, all right, I'll have something for you guys tomorrow, and that would be the article, right? And that's so important. So I think that's fantastic advice he gave Torres. Yeah, and uh, the, not, what you mentioned, one track mind about just like whatever it is, and not saying this is definitive or this is the outcome. Yeah, just saying, I, well, this is where he's at right now. I'm curious if you can keep that up. Like, oh, look, there's a change. But is it a blip on the radar? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all about, it's all, I always like in my, I'm very big on the word monitoring. And I, I started getting people joking at me on Twitter, like, oh, is this something worth monitoring? I'm like, well, yeah. And cause I'm like, that's why I always put it's worth monitoring because of that reason, because it's worth monitoring. Everything's worth monitoring. Right. But I, I feel the need to put that in every tweet, like, especially when with my niche being lineup stuff, because it's so in and out and up and down and changes almost daily for some teams, weekly for many. Sure. Um, so I'm like, hey, like Cedric Mullins is platooning. Uh, he like, he sat versus three out of the last four lefties. Yeah. Worth monitoring because guess what? Next week there's an injury. He's not platooning anymore. Or, oh, he picked up a hot streak. He's not platooning anymore. Yeah, but this is me. This is my fault is I put out exciting tweets because all of a sudden something new happens. And I just get really excited. I should be putting asterisk. It's worth the monitoring. This might not be what happens for the next year, but I... Yeah, but, I always but, feel like I don't really care. I'm just I'm just saying that this is an exciting thing. But now people yeah. sit there and say, "Well, Nick said this is this is what's happening." Well, Nick said this what happened. It's what's happening right now. Right, he's right just, now, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's going to happen forever. But, now, I'm saying, "Oh my God, he just hit 98. This is awesome." But and now I'm, you need. Oh, but, but if you don't do that, 94. if you don't if you don't put that little, if you don't make the yeah. characters fit, if you don't, people hold you to it type of thing. Whereas no, that's I I know I I'm I'm with you and I find myself doing the same thing. But it's also like. Don't be upset at me. I I didn't say that he was going to do it forever. That's on you. That's on yeah. you to translate it right or wrong. I can't fit in all the. Maybe I should put in my bio is like my excitement does not equal future. You know, <laughs> um, like the Mitch Keller thing. That I the, love that one. The velocity. Um, like 
yeah, the velocity. I was just like, guys, this is obviously better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited just, just about because, this. I mean, I can't help that I can't help the fastball didn't have movement. I can't help that he threw a flat bad heater. Um, apparently, he has but, amazing stuff slider. I don't know. I, but I, uh, the the writing thing, real quick, I want to touch on that because um, the big thing is for new writers, take read what read a lot of people read. I I'm guilty. I don't read as much as I should anymore, but I don't have time but, like I used well, it's to. Hard. It's it's hard because if you're creating, you're not consuming. Oh, and that's the thing is, um, if I'm not putting out the con- if I'm putting out content, the last thing I honestly want to do is read. Usually, it's like the last thing I want to do is honestly take in content half the time because. I'm but you so read the SP roundup in the top 100. Absolutely. Every morning. It's the only way to stay on top of everything. I do agree that that's actually a very, uh, that's, the, I do agree it's important. I do, I'm not going to lie to you until you read it though. Unbelievable, Mike. <laughs> well, no I'm wonder. No. I told you I will be honest. I do, but I do believe like, because like, Simeon does something similar with his streamers. He has a daily article like what happened yesterday and, and even him, and he's one, he's one of my best friends in the industry. I tell him all the time, I don't read your work, Mike. Unless you tell me, hey, I want you to read this for feedback. I, right. I honestly have a hard time just because the, sometimes the last thing I want to do the, to decompress is not do this, is not consume more. Oh, and sure. I know, and unfortunately, because of that, I miss out on so much, especially on the pitcher side, because I've become so enamored on the hitter side. It's right there. It's just, I know. It's There's so much. But honestly. It's like, done, done, done. Between you and Simeon, because you are two of my favorite guys in this space that covers that covers pitchers. And not only are you two of my favorites, but you guys, I trust your analysis because you guys don't just you guys. It's not even just fantasy related. It is overall analysis. It is. Hey, this is actual change and actual stuff happening in these pitcher skill sets. That's the type of information I need more than just what's under the hood. I can look that up on fan graphs in two seconds. I know Um, I've got it all page yes okay. and that's why i said i said it's good nick i'm not lying to you i'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up your butt <laughs> i, I don't promise know why you why you're not reading it mike because i hate you're ridiculous i hate taking in more content when i'm already I'm, producing I'm, so I'm much but, here. Um, but i i do want to talk more about all this we got to take another very quick break we got to do that right now okay mike curland buddy uh so you got that good one from from torres that was the advice of hey I, you have the outlook, don't have it beforehand, generate it as you go through the process. What other major lessons did you learn across your journey? So for writers, read, it goes back to actually actually do read. If you are a consumer first, because most people are consumer. And if you, here's the, I was a consumer too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going right back into it, man. You just said that you don't read anything. And it's do like, as I read. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. I tell my kids this too. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you're better. Uh, you're like me, coach, better than a player. Okay, I got you. Yes. Um, well, I said when you're starting, Nick, I'm not starting anymore. I'm, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, if you're starting out or if you want to get better, read a bunch of people who are successful or, or who are at places you want to be because you mentioned you have your own style. I didn't fit into your vision or style back then. That's fine. No. I never had hard feelings about it. I had to, of course, give you a hard time because you missed out. No, but uh, at the end of the day, you if you if you read if you read a lot of people's work and you take from you take from like, you pretty much make your own style. Take what you like, leave what you don't, and mm. and take that and form that, and then interject your own personality and opinions and your own um, and your own you know process. You'll, you you kind of like it's like a little magic potion. You put all like sugar spice everything nice, you know, Powerpuff yeah. Girls, and poof. You get the power, you know, you get so, it. And, uh, so the, uh, uh, when it comes to me, when it comes to like, okay, I'm jumping in, making content, how do I do this? I, it always starts with the skill. Um, it's like, what is it? I mean, you're saying you find the niche. It's, that is part of it of saying, okay, you need to have something that is of value that people go to you for. 
in some way. It's not just the the, the niche of analysis. It's also the skill of being an entertainer and a presenter. I I think there's a heavy balance there. I I definitely do. There has to be. It's so... um, it's so important to really grasp like, all right, listen back to yourself. I listen back to my podcasts a ton. I, I don't. don't as much anymore. I cannot <laughs> stand my voice, uh, but I needed to. I needed to see like, where are my cadences? Where am I bored? Where am I stop listening? Uh, and it's so, you have to, it's what actors do. It's what every other, you know, uh, baseball players watch film. Um, it's, if you expect to grow in this and really refine who you, you know, your, your goals and refine yourself, like that's the process and being as true as you can to what am I creating? Is it entertaining? Is it not? What are the things that the ones that I look up to, what do they do well? And something I got to hand to you, but Mike, I'm looking at you right now on a Sony camera with a SM seven B mic, right? You got nice backlighting. Uh, I love it. You got some front lights too. You know, I need to rework my lighting. Uh, And oh, you just turned on another orange (laughs) one in the corner. It looks great. I I need to have stuff like that, right? Um, But you looked at that and you said, okay, that is something that sets me apart, right? You do the YouTube stuff. Quality. Right? You want to stand out. I was going to say, if you you, want to stand out in today's circle, in today's like industry, if you want to call it that, I mean, unfortunately, the standards are being set so high and it used to be the days of a headset like uh i'm wearing i'm right now i'm wearing just you know a pair of uh what uh apple headset like an like iphone Ear, headset earplugs yeah earplugs whatever yeah it's not even headset you're right earplugs you're right i'm not bougie enough for headset um it used to be as simple as this microphone in this in this earbuds and yeah. a, and and your computer's like built-in camera and you still can get started that way don't don't deter yourself from starting because you can't afford good quality stuff but just know with the standard going up the way it has been, people, I'm, I mean, I know if I listen to a podcast for the first time and it's bad audio, I have a hard time st- sticking through it because right. it's gotten to a point where everyone has such good stuff on the, even at the low, at the lowest end, people's, people have a microphone, like a, like a, like a, like a what's it called? The, can't think of the name of the mic now. Sam's uh, Blue Yeti is what people The Blue Yeti. Are. And that was like, actually the one I recommend to everybody. It's a $60 package. Um, you can find it's called a Samson Q2U. It's what and, Adam Howe uses on on the wire. Uh, and the and mics microphones are getting better and cheaper. So like they, they but that but that wasn't the case when we started. That remember that was the big right, one. Yeah. The the that one was the, the big Yeti. one. That, the Yeti. I can't, I can't remember. that thing was that mine broke. Well, mine broke have, like three I months have, after. I having have it. one right to my right here. That was the big thing to have. Everybody was like, oh, it's a hundred bucks, and that's a lot. You know, that's a right, lot yeah. for us for most of us. Like a hundred bucks isn't well, easy to know, come by. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is there are those elements of ways to stand out are things you can spend to make yourself stand out as far as yet the investment. This there's also of just what is my individual ability? This is a a, a business of being a brand. Well, and it goes back Uh, to Torres. Torres does it with minimal. Torres literally will pull up his iPhone and you go, you probably go on his page right now and find videos, his personality and the way he attacks and approaches things just mm-hmm. the, way, the fun he brings. And it's always, he dressed up in a suit and gave an address, I think for one of the, one of his little oh, yeah, videos. That was, that was great. And yeah. that, the best thing that was great. That's what, so, so Torres is building that brand around him having that personality. And I, I love that guy for it. Right. I wish I had no. that because like this personality of mine and I'm very, you know, I'm very like 
goofy and I'm, all, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I, I wish I brought that to my videos more. I'm working on that because sure. I feel like I take, I approach my videos almost more professional, which is weird because the whole point of this is to have fun and bring this energy. And I'm like, I, re- I, I watch back my videos. I'm like, where's that energy you have? Where's that natural? Like, Oh, you're talking fast. Oh, you're stumbling over your words. And I feel like part of it's because it's harder to edit and do jump cuts when you are stumbling over your words and editing. But um, ultimately it's a, it's like, I I, I mean, that's part of it too. Being a YouTube guy, you gotta, you have a script and you need to be able to dictate well and be able to be an orator, right? That, I mean, that's a huge thing. I hate the script part because I'm so much better at just like, I'm going to go off the top of my head or I'm going to do it on the fly. Prompters that are, they're relatively cheap that I've actually considered at times getting just to be like, all right, I should have one of these if I am going to do any sort of video. Yeah, uh, I mean, right now I just have my camera right above my monitor, and I just have a text pad that I use uh, for actually internally and for staff. I do a monthly State of the Union uh, to like tell the entire staff what's That's going funny. on and stuff. But I just enjoy it because it's like, why not? I have a company. I'll do a State of the Union. Yeah, that sounds hilarious. That is, uh, but but and that goes that goes back to what you were saying that um, if you aren't gonna uh, again, this is the this this equipment is a lot of money. Like, let's be honest. So right, the average exactly. person, the average person probably isn't that either this want to be this invested or doesn't have that type of money right away, which again, this was also over years and years of saving up the little bit of money I was making from fantasy, or if I made some extra money at work via overtime, you know, I, I made, or if I won my leagues instead of, you know, I would spend money doing into this stuff because I enjoyed it. Um, just Govier is another great one that stands out just by having that personality. He has really good equipment, but what he's known for is his little things like his, his Twitter rants on his, or his videos of, yeah, you know, being open. Yeah. And it's this thing. So it's like, if you're going to, if you don't want to, if you don't want to spring for the money for this, or if you don't want to, or if you can't find ways to stand out. Well, and that's one way of doing it. Just letting your personality one shine. Thing I do want to mention. Um, and that's how much marketing is important. Yeah. I'm uh, bad at that. I don't know how I've well, made it. This far. Well, the thing is marketing is one of the hardest things. So for me personally, what I did is that I was I was very fortunate with Reddit. Um, I was a Redditor for ages, especially when it still had the stigma. I mean, it still has a stigma, but not nearly what it was. Yeah. Um, and I, I I launched picture gifts, and I knew that our baseball would love it, so I, I put it up, and it became the top thing. Uh, and for the first day, it was like, like forty thousand views in the top twenty four hours, and I was just like, okay, clearly I have something that works here. Shut down my site, but I spent all this time on it, right? And I, I will also keep in mind anything like this, like, yeah, again, I don't take a salary. I've been doing this for ten years. Yeah. It needs, it has to be something that if you're going to jump into it, you have to spend something. You know, if it's your time, if it's money, I mean, both. It, it, it's you're not going to have any. It's an investment. You really do. Uh, and don't get any idea that it's just going to be like, oh, okay, six months, I'm going to do this, and then that's it. Like, no, this is, you have to really lean into it. And if you're doing it for only six months and expecting success, that means at the start, you have to know all the things you have to do, which yeah. isn't the case. You learn everything on as you go. But anyway, going back to, to marketing, Reddit, I used to post uh, the nastiest GIF every single morning, five days a week, Monday through Friday, to our baseball until they, I think, banned me in 2018. <laughs> Or something like that. I'm not banned anymore, thankfully. But they eventually were like, this is too much self-promotion. Even though all it is now is just tweets. Like, yeah. literally, our baseball in season is just tweets. And it drives me insane. I made, I was a Redditor first, made the site for, essentially, for our baseball. 
and became like the only like organic OP, you know, everything like the OC guy. And then like, they're like, yeah, this is now you've become too much of a thing. So you can't do it anymore. It was ridiculous. Anyway, I still was on our, our fantasy baseball though. Every single Friday starting in 2014, I would post an AMA. I just said I was an expert. And this was the last year was last year. I did that was 2021. Scott chewed in 2022, but that made it so that all my articles were there. I, I, the person had a brand, not pitcher list because I was interacting with that community as much as I was right. Then Twitter became a thing. I don't know how the Twitter followers got to where it was. I was posting <laughs> gifts as much as I could. Um, it, I started doing that in 2014 I uh, pitching ninja started doing it in 2015. We kind of both were doing it for ages. I kind of stopped doing it because I found that um, it just wasn't worth it anymore for me to do it. And there are all these other projects I wanted to do. And the amount of time it takes, I mean, what Rob does is insane. The amount of work it, that goes into that. And, but that's what he has to yeah. do all the time for that one account. And I was like, well, I've got all these projects and I can't just do that anymore. But that got me that Twitter following that allowed me to bring in this stuff. I was able to do articles that weren't just fantasy baseball. I was able to do gift breakdowns that um, allowed me with gifts to uh, I did stuff with Washington Post for a while. Uh, and that all of a sudden allowed open other doors. Um, but that's the kind of marketing I'm going for is saying, look, these different social media avenues I was able to actually have website stuff generated for and then word of mouth over years, years. Uh, then, of course, Spore taking a liking to me and then bring me on to Sleeper in the Bust. That was a huge moment because yeah. I, I, um, I was the first like pitching guy since Eno had left. Eno left the previous year and I was the first one of the year. And I like I studied. <laughs> I spent 20 like a day before 24 hours like. I knew the outline. I had notes on every single guy. I wasn't going through tabs and stuff. I had my whole document of it all filled out. And every point I had a counter argument and stuff talking about pitch types and everything. And that I know, like I was interviewing staffers at the end of the year. They were like, oh yeah, I think I heard you on Sleeper in the Bus or something like that. And I checked out picture list and that was that. And it's, it's those kind of moments and those things, those opportunities. And I've met so many great people like Spore that have given me those chances uh, that has opened the exposure uh, to Petros over the years. But it's a process. It is, you know, doing a variety of things and in different places to get that opportunity. And it can be very hard Um just being inside of one of these places and uh, doing one aspect of it. It has to be some broad uh, uh, expansion of really what you're doing. The other thing that we're noticing is, oh my Lord, for being a website, you have to do SEO. Jesus, it <laughs> is it is so, so important. Um, I cannot emphasize that enough. And it's just how people work these days. You rarely go to a website directly anymore you just yeah. search it you google yeah that's it and i hate how much we're just reliant on google uh but that's very much the case it's ridiculous so, um it, it's it's really i think it's a lot harder now i've said many times before that i would not start a website now if i were doing the whole thing see it's that's that's what i'm wondering marketing, like marketing right now my understanding is that you're supposed to do youtube shorts and tiktoks um, and you're supposed to make them rapid. There's a certain formula for making a good TikTok or YouTube short that is 
like you you start the thing it's not it's not supposed to be 10 15 seconds you make your point you get out you do quick cuts you do things on the screen of saying uh-huh. uh, what you're saying like it's that 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 and you move on and it needs to be a good audio it needs to be a good video get out so know? i'm glad you mentioned that because um one of my things i wrote down here because i was going to actually write i was gonna, I, i'll go through each of these before we finish up this conversation just ways to help new people stand out because it's becoming more and more competitive, but it's weird though. Cause since 2020, obviously people have gone back to work and all that, you know, since COVID and that break, sure. it maybe um, like gone down a little because it's gone back yeah. down a little bit because people have to return their regular lives. Sure. And cause I remember there was a big boom oh, and yeah, I was like, I was thankful. There. Everyone did it during COVID, right? Yeah. It was a started podcast. Yeah. But, um, I don't know if you looked at my, you mentioned these TikToks, and I realized, so I'm actually right now I'm doing this little, I'm investigating what's working best for my account right now. I'm mm-hmm. seeing growth on it and I've realized anything with my face, which makes me self-conscious, but anything with my face on it, talking for more than 10 seconds. And I do, I, I do the jump cuts. I do the, I have right, pictures, right. I have video on there with yeah, my yeah. face. It's not just my face, anything with my face. I'm looking at a couple hundred views, maybe a couple thousand. I have a video that has 185,000 views on TikTok right now of just mm-hmm. Corbin Carroll running the bases and stats popping up on the screen while he's running for eight seconds. Yeah, that's it. There you that's go. That's it. And so if you look at my, and right now I have 12.7K views on a, it's a, it's Cedric Mullins striking out, cutting to a, just a picture of him with stats on the screen about his splits versus lefties. Right. And it's, it's eight seconds, I think. Yeah. And, and that's the title of it. What, what is the thumbnail for oh, it? What is the title well, for it? Yeah. And for shorts right now, they're actually, I was, I just, I was, cause I do my homework again, taking this stuff very mm-hmm. serious. I spend hours on YouTube pretty much watching the same information from different people. So I, I try to find the occasional nugget like, oh, I didn't hear that one yet. And um, right now, shorts, they're actually doing this whole thing where they're not letting you always put a thumbnail on the shorts. Mm. They're, they're trying to see that uh, YouTube's doing something on purpose. Some users can, yeah, some users yeah. can't. Right. So so TikTok, I'm having like, I'll, I'll post three times a day because I have a whole bunch of backlog stuff right now. Yep. And I'm getting like my last three, I have one that has 1,500 and the last two have 300 or less. So it's right. like, I don't, and I'm, I'm not doing anything different except for, except for the, like the, maybe the player. And I'm realizing if you, if you're quick, like say, you know, um, somebody got traded or Wilson Contreras got signed to the Cardinals. If you're able to get something out as soon as possible about that, it'll get like 5k views pretty quick because people are searching that. It's a yeah, right. relevant information. But the fact that I have randomly, I randomly got 184K views on my Corbin Carroll video, which I'm like, where's this popularity for, popularity for Corbin Carroll coming from? No idea. But They're um, just finding it's a baseball. Anyone who's into baseball just shows up on their homepage, right? It may be. And that's, and that's the thing. I've realized my my knee, my shorts are very... They're not, they're not so fantasy focused as much as like I'm breaking down splits. I'm talking about a player's change in profile or, Hey, they're like my tweets. If you look at my tweets, it's the same ideas. There's fantasy relevance in terms of, I'll tell you why I'm in or out on a player based on the good and bad in a profile, but it's usually a breakdown of a profile or a breakdown of a trend. So there's more real life baseball aspects. I think that's why my and stuff for football and baseball can get a little more traction on these, on these platforms for the shorts and stuff, because it doesn't, it's, it's, although my, my account is fantasy focused, the shorts and even most of my information is generalized focused in terms of just like an offensive production for a hitter, right. et cetera, et cetera. So I've realized I do have some appeal, which helps me out. Cause you, like we've mentioned, there is really, there isn't much fantasy baseball interest in, in, which is weird. Cause everything else, every niche is oversaturated on these platforms, except yeah, for fantasy baseball. Makes, man, my, just cause my gear is going about like, it makes you want I, to do it. I, what I literally <laughs> want to do is right now I want to try and find a video editor 
who <laughs> I what I do is I just I record the voiceover, give the little script that's like eight seconds long about like each pitcher. <laughs> and I would be like, all right, this is my thing on this guy. And then uh, I hire a video editor to be like, here are like X amount of them. These are literally supposed to be under 10 seconds each and say, cool for like the, you know, I need these out like one a day or so across February and March or something like that. Here's X amount of dollars I'm going to give you for that. And just like I can because because a lot of these things are very much of, man, I would do all these videos about, oh, let me tell you about Aaron Nola's curveball, you know, and I know exactly how it would go. It's just I don't have the time to do it. But I can do if it especially doesn't involve my face. If it's literally I don't have to do any video for it, I can just record the audio. I can yeah. just I can voiceover. literally I can do the voiceover script. I can send the audio and I'm done in like not even five minutes for each of these. Well, that's the thing. So and I have I a process. Right? I've built this little process now and I have it pre-saved on my Adobe where a short, as long as I have the information, I can knock out a short in 10, 15 minutes. It's mm-hmm. the fact that I keep toying with different ideas because I'm trying to because I am still trying to be the face. Like, I know I can get success without using my face. Right. I'm trying to make it more personable experience because because YouTube, I want them to go. I don't want I, it's you can't monetize short term. So, so that's the thing, though, is what is the brand is an important question to ask, because if you're just trying to do a YouTube channel, who cares if they see your face or not? They'll see your face on the YouTube channel. But All you're but, trying to do for these shorts, the only purpose of these shorts is for viral. Be, this like, is just let it be popular. Doesn't matter what about it is popular. I try. I just. I try to change then, things up. I know. No, no, I, I know. But yeah, this is fantastic. What you're saying. You're. You're aggravating. Them. I love this. It's aggravating though because I want it to work to where because like I want and oh pop up text. So I've been toying with the. Let me use my face, but let me use pop up text because that way at least engages the people's eyes on the text and the stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on now. I'm. I'm jump cutting. I'm changing the size of my screen. I have uh-huh. stuff going on in the bottom half because and these are the ta- these are the phone videos, not even the wide. Yeah, right, so, right. You know, they should be vertical. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have vertical video and it's like, but it's done like really well, better, a lot better than what you see. But it frustrates me because there's people doing it worse than me, having more success. And I'm wondering where's that where's that wall that I can't break through? Yeah, you just, I think. And just, I'm wondering if it's me. Like, is it just, am I not more, do I need more personality in my videos? I, I'm not very clickbaity. I know my titles could be better. I would I'm, do. If I were you, I would just like try all the different personas that you think you're comfortable with and just see what the heck happens. You know, that's, that's, the, whole, I need that's the whole thing we're trying to talk about here is that develop, what is development without failure? Oh, and that's oh, a lot. I promise and, you, you, yeah. you will fail more than you succeed. But when you succeed, it's usually in a big way. It's usually like you'll notice, oh, I found something that works. Oh, I just blew up like a thousand yeah. followers or I got like I all this attention. Just do Shohei Otani videos. Dude, I get uh, retweets from random Shohei accounts all the time. I'll have a Shohei account get like 25 my, retweets. My three biggest videos are all Shohei Otani. <laughs> and they, I'm like, they, all right, I'll just become a Shohei Otani channel, I guess. I don't know. It makes you um, want to because there's and it's funny, though, because there's like no carryover, like all this exposure. It's great. But then when none of it's actual carryover for like yeah. the channel growth or they realize, oh, you talk about other things um, <laughs> they're out. I realize we've, we've gone very long here and uh, oh. Oh, it's it's uh, the hour has passed easily. Um, and I'm so sad to cut this off. But there is one last question I ask everybody, Mike. And what mantra do you carry with yourself day to day? Just go with the flow, I guess. Just go with the flow. All right, there you go. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. It's simple, but it's true. I literally just, just take Mike's face there. He was. I, just, yeah. you know, no, I normally oh. tell everybody beforehand that there is one, so they aren't surprised. I totally forgot with Mike. 
It's fine, but it's that's really what holds true to me. I really just go. I I I I, I keep an open mind. Whatever the day hands my way, I kind of just go with it. And in terms of content ideas and stuff like that, just go with what comes. Like if you feel strongly about something, give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, mm. adapt or drop it and figure out something else. But oh, just yeah. go, just go with the flow and follow what. Right when the you iron's feel. hot, you feel that yeah. for a second. Oh man, that's go, a go blessing and really, I uh, and give it time. Yeah, that is that spark for a moment and go into it. And give it give it time because if it doesn't work, maybe you just gotta change a little thing about it. And ten um, years, ten years has taken. I'm still not quite done. <laughs> I'm not. I'm far from done. I've put so much so much time and effort into this, and I feel like every day I'm like, what? Like, how can I make something better? And then I look back, and I'm like, how did I think this was good? And it's mm-hmm. like there's always it's just it's that it's that it's striving for that sense of perfection that doesn't exist that will drive us crazy, Nick. Oh yeah. You know, but it's what is also what fuels us. It fuels us though. Us, that, that's that's what ambition. That's what you get strives us forward. Exactly. Um, all right. Mike Curland, where can everybody find you and support you? GTE Fantasy. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash GTE Fantasy. Support the wonderful crew there, uh, putting out some great stuff for the season ahead. Um, where else can they find you? Um, uh, YouTube, like I said, the YouTube, I'm going to end TikTok, I guess, uh, gaining the edge or G- GTE fantasy. I'm not even sure what my handle is on these places. Just look up those. You'll find them. I know. I'm really, I told you I'm terrible. Well, I changed, <laughs> I've changed the names of them a couple of times. Cause I try to merge a few ideas. I'm like, no, let me just stick to the fantasy. So gaining the edge or GTE fantasy on everything. But if you're into video content, those two places, TikTok and YouTube specifically. And yeah, then, just, um, just Google it, right? No one yeah, goes straight yeah. to the website. And then, uh, and then Mike underscore Curlin on Twitter. There we go. Give Mike a follow. Um, but that's going to do it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and that was my friend, Mike Curland.